Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church, and Growing in Grace Ministries Canada. I'm Pastor Michael Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to still be growing in grace. Welcome back to another episode of Still Growing in Grace. We're working through a series called Healing Life's Hurts through understanding forgiveness. We do have hurts that we walk through. If we don't have a heavy list, somebody else we know does. And we need to learn some things about what forgiveness is and what it is not. So I'm glad if you're following along, uh, yay. If you're not, uh, don't forget to look at our website at growingingrace.ca. You'll see a, a link to uh, our YouTube channel, to our download podcasts, so you can catch up on this series. I believe we're on part 10 already of Just on Forgiveness. Today, we're going to continue on. This is going to be a good one. I want to recap just a little bit of how we ended last time. I felt rushed, and I want to go back for just a moment and recap something about number 15. And number 15, out of we have 18 things of what forgiveness is not. I'll go over the list in just a minute. But number 15 was forgiveness is not just a one-time event, and yet it is. It is both an event and a process. And we're going to get into that later when we talk about what forgiveness is. Right now, we're, we're removing the hindrances of what we think forgiveness is when it isn't. And so we're, we're demystifying the myths and removing them so they don't clog our filter uh, in the process of forgiving others. Um, so here we go. As we dig into what forgiveness is not, it's not just a one-time event. There, there are steps involved. There, there's a process involved. While the actual act of forgiveness will happen at a given time and place uh, between you and your Heavenly Father, there will be times where it's going to be triggered. That person may still be in your life. They may continue to repeat those same behaviors. Um, who knows what it'll look like in your life? But we may need to re-forgive or forgive again or be reminded we have already forgiven. And I don't want us to forget that. Uh, it's not a simple answer. So if you're looking for a vending machine answer, put your loony or toony or dollar in and out comes a quick answer. That is not what this series is. This series is designed to help us be honest. And if you really want help, you really want healing in your soul, that's what this series is for. If it's not just for you, then it's for somebody else you know. Reforgiveness may be the thing that's going to be constant. And it flows from the affirmation that you already have forgiven. So it, it, it's real. It's, it's possible. You see, one day you may have something go on where there's an irrational response that may just come out of you or someone else. You're wondering, why Why are they acting like that? That was a, a very shocking reaction. Well, I believe often it's a revelation or it's, it's something released from something pent up and put way down. When we don't take care of things, when we don't go through the process of forgiving someone, 
It could come back to bite us. It can come back to bite us physically uh, as we stuff things down, uh, creating some uh, thinking patterns that are very unhealthy, uh, self-protection issues that we do. It can lead us to vices and addictions. It really can just because of a, a very, very big pain that's happened in our life. Sometimes, honestly, it can be some small irritances. It could be something that doesn't seem to be a big deal. Yeah, I can overlook that one, or yeah, I can forgive that. But it's those little things that can add up. If we don't deal with them, this could become pent up and turn to something explosive, even when we don't know. And we're wondering, where, where did the roots of this explosion or reaction come from? It's an irrational reaction that's not normal. Well, there are reasons for that. So it's very possible. Well, this whole idea of bitterness, I tell you, don't let it grow. We're going to get into that later uh, when we talk about the hindrances to uh, forgiveness, why we don't forgive people. And I think that one, too, will be very, very helpful. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says this, don't let sin, uh, uh, sorry, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Uh, let me show you what this can look like. My mom passed away um, about six, six years ago or so, something like that. And I thought I'd forgiven her, and I had, but a new bitterness was rising. I, I could not speak of her kindly because of how she treated me, uh, treated others, treated my sister, my brothers. Um, and for me, I have my memories, and they just, they weren't pleasant. And so visiting her grave one day, you know, I kind of, I kind of thought, ah, I, I'm not, uh, but why do I want to visit the grave? I got no happy memories here. And I forget if I shared this last week. That's why I'm stumbling for a little bit here. But either way, short story is this. I went to the graveside and God kind of spoke to me. He said, Mike, what do you think your mom would say uh, now that she sees all things more clearly on the other side of this veil called life? What would she say if she could peek her head back through the clouds for just a moment uh, over top of the grave? If she could, from this dimension, from her dimension to mine, if she could just peek through, what would she say to me right now? And I heard God say, she would say, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I had no idea how good God was. I'm so sorry. And her remorse would be so deep and real. And I, I got something flooded me that I, I, I can't explain it. It was so profound that a whole new release happened. And I re-forgave and newly forgave my mother right at the graveside. And it felt like it... It crossed the boundaries of time and space and dimensions and was released to where she is now. Or she released it to me from there. I don't know. But this was a God moment where I felt God leading me to go. And I did. And I, I now can speak of her with more kindness. There isn't a harsh snap in my voice about her anymore. What she did was wrong. She was very hurtful. Um, and the bitterness is leaving quickly. In fact, I remember in the story of Joseph, uh, after his brothers sold him into slavery, 
he became a leader of Egypt, blah, 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 had family, had kids. But one of his kids' names was Manasseh or something like that. And the word means in Hebrew, the bitterness has left me. The memory doesn't go, but the bitterness has left me. And I thought, there is a long process of healing. Healing is possible. If you've been hurt by your families, by an individual, by a partner, there is hope down the road. It's not going to be immediate. There is a process. It's slower than anybody wants to admit. Trust me. Uh, given my stuff that I've gone through and, and discovering this brand new freedom that just happened, uh, I think it was in December this past year, um, almost a year ago, where that's when that graveside moment happened and uh, I, I received freedom that I hadn't had before. And it, I'm amazed by it. It's like a burden lifted. Quite incredible. That's why in Ephesians it says, don't sin by letting anger control you. It does not say anger is sin. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. We are called to be controlled by the Spirit. The Passion Translation for the same, same verse, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says this, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge. Not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. I love that translation. That just unpacks it in a very practical, easy to understand way. No deciphering there. Message translation is also beautiful. It says, go ahead, be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of a foothold in your life. Why, why are they saying don't go to bed angry? Here's why. Husbands and wives, you got to listen to this one. Uh, and again, I have not perfected this. I am still learning. Um, but if we don't resolve some of the things, and again, some couples, some, some people, co-workers, boss, whatever it is, uh, in marriage, it's, it's obvious. One person tends to want to talk about things. The other person tends to, nope, I just want to be quiet and think about it. Don't bug me right now. The, the talkers need to process it out loud, and they're not given a chance because the other one stops and shuts down. There's no talking. And it's, the, the, the intensity is changed, but... The hurt does not go away. It stays. The memory, the um, uh, emotional response doesn't change. It's stuffed down. And when we go to sleep, the next morning, we could say, ah, oh, you know, I slept off some of that. Ah, I don't feel as bad today. Well, that's the point of this verse. You may not feel as bad, but the attachment is still in you until it's dealt with. And after time, if it's never dealt with, it just gets, gets stuffed and stuffed and stuffed. And after a while, you've got all these things that have been compacted and you can't even separate, separate those things anymore. You can't even um, identify why you're upset. You can't even put words to whatever reaction has just happened. Um, and it takes counseling sometimes to unpack that, to find the root of these things. Don't go to bed angry. Don't let the stuff rage in your life. Uh, forgiveness. Uh, I got this quote on, on Facebook. It says, forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. Guard your heart. 
Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. That is not an easy thing to do. I promise you, it's not easy. Oh my goodness. So, in this series, so far we've covered this. Oh my goodness, the time's almost out for this first half. Let me give you the quick list of 15 things we've covered so far. And again, go back and listen to them on YouTube. Watch them on YouTube because this is being videotaped. Uh, or if you see me on Facebook, I've got it all put onto Facebook and of course the podcast at growingingrace.ca. Number one, forgiveness is not minimizing the hurt. Forgiveness is not the absence of pain or hurts. Forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not time, as in time heals all wounds. Forgiveness, number five, is not forgetting. Forgive and forget, you've been told that, remember that? Forgiveness is not just a feeling. I don't. I feel like I've forgiven them, but maybe you haven't. It's not a feeling. Forgiveness is not being naive or ignoring it. Forgiveness is not justifying, excusing, or explaining away the offense. Number nine, forgiveness is not waiting for the other person to repent. That was a good one when we talked through that one. Number 10, forgiveness is not a quick fix. Number 11, forgiveness is not telling the offender you forgive them. The words themselves are not it. Number 12, forgiveness is not asking God to forgive the offender because you still have to do it. You can't get off the hook like that. Uh, forgiveness is not telling someone that you've been hurt just by confronting them and say, hey, you've hurt me. That's not the same thing. Number 14, forgiveness is not turning the other cheek. I jokingly said we have four cheeks. <laughs> it's not about turning the blind eye. That's not what forgiveness is. And of course, forgiveness, as we just covered at the end of the last time on, is not just a one-time event, and yet it is. Uh, th that's what we've covered so far. So when we come back to the second half of today's program, we're going to get into number 16, and it's a good one. We're not rushing through this. This is way too important to rush through. I hope you're encouraged by this. Just listen to listen into our sponsors who have made this show possible. I'll see you in just a few minutes. Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars in Guelph is not your typical used car lot. Customers who shop there get the insider treatment, especially when buying from the insider man, Rod Sider. Rod will help you select a late model car, truck, van, or SUV from their large selection of vehicles, and he'll work with your budget. Call the insider man at 519-836-2900, extension 287, or visit Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars at the corner of Whitelaw Road and Highway 24, Guelph, and ask for the insider man. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace today. We're now looking at number 16 of what forgiveness is not. And we have a total of 18. And I believe the next one, or at least the last one, is a long one. It's a heavy, heavy one. It, I think it's the big one. Uh, I might, maybe I'll tell you what it is. Nah, you can wait. Uh, I might tell you at the very end. But the, the next two are, are really important. The three, sorry. We're number 16. Forgiveness is not letting the person off the hook. Or I have the word justice written beside it. It does not mean that you passively stand by and allow injustice to continue. Forgiveness is not tolerance 
We do not tolerate sin when we forgive. Some people have this mindset, well, if I forgive, then uh, I'm, I'm sending a message um, that it's okay, or I'm implying something like that, or I, I'm not allowed to confront them, um, or there's a price to pay. No, it, it's not like that at all. Forgiveness is not neglecting justice. In fact, if a crime has been committed... We can simultaneously forgive someone and call the police to arrest them or him or her. Absolutely. So don't mix it up in thinking that forgiveness it means letting them off the hook. Uh-uh. If there's a child being abused down the street, um, uh, you call the cops on that person. You can forgive them. Um, that's between you and your Heavenly Father, and that helps you deal with it. In fact, when we forgive somebody ahead of time, only then can we properly do the confronting. You don't rush into that. And I, I will get into the confrontation part because there are times where we, it's important to confront. And there are times where we are not to confront, not as quickly as we think we want to. You know, there's the motive is here, okay? There's a process that has to happen in our hearts first. Now, if there's danger, yes, you call the police. You, you figure this out. Somebody uh, hurt somebody. You, you call it in. You can forgive, but you call it in and say, ah, you're not getting away with this. You don't let a child abuser off the hook. You don't put your kid back in that care of the abuser. There are churches that have uh, had a lot of trouble, individuals and groups and organizations and charities that have had a lot of trouble because they weren't screening people um, or they uh, forgave a child sex abuser thinking, oh, well, the Bible says forgive, so we must forgive. And they allow them back into the environment so they can abuse again. What kind of craziness is that? Don't say that, well, then they didn't forgive. That is baloney. You can't do that. Wake up. Forgiveness costs, and it costs, it costs risk. Risk to you, to me. You know, we cannot have the attitude, we just love everybody, we're Christians. First of all, you reveal a, a very weak God that he just, there's no consequences to sin. There are consequences, but please hear me carefully. It is going to be sin that will cause punishment, not God. Sin will punish them. For this abuser, the law of the land will take them down and, and put them in jail and make them pay the price. You know, it's the the offender needs to be uh, called into account. The offender should pay for the counseling of those they've abused. It's the cost of it. Yes, forgive, but confront. We'll get to that later in, in better detail. In Romans 13, um, 1 to 7, it says, Every person must submit to and support the authorities over him. For there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. For civil authorities don't intimidate those who are doing good. But those who are doing evil, so do what is right, and you'll never need to fear those in authority. They will commend you for your good citizenship. Those in authority are God's servants for the good of society. But if you break the law, you have reason to be alarmed, for they are God's agents of punishment to bring criminals to justice. Why do you think they carry weapons? You are compelled to obey them, not just to avoid punishment, but because you want to live a clean with a clean conscience. 
This is also the reason you pay your taxes for government authorities are God's officials who oversee these things. So it is your duty to pay all the taxes and fees that they require and to respect those who are worthy of respect, honoring them accordingly. That's from the Passion Translation. That's a heavy text. Where'd that come from? Romans 13. Now, please keep in mind, I, I talk about grace all the time. God's gracious. God is love. He's forgiveness. He's, he is all that. He's accepting. But guess what? This has to do between us and our Heavenly Father. But once we have uh, a society we live in, there's another level of um, accountability that God has put into place to protect and help people live. Like, take a look at Moses for a minute. When he went out into the wilderness, he took these, how many people were out there? I forget what the number was. I think it was 400,000. I don't know. Um, but a lot of Jews went out into the desert. And he couldn't handle all the problems. People were coming to him left, right, and center. I don't get along with them. They stole my thingy. They owe me this. No, they did that. And all the whining. And he got exhausted from all that. And God spoke to him and said, hey, Appoint leaders to take care of those things. You do what I've appointed you to do, but appoint others to do that work because you can't do it all. We need everybody. That, that's how it is in our society too. We have healthcare workers taking care of things that you and I can't do. We, anyway, the list goes on. That's, that's not what this is all about. But let's, re, let's respect our authorities. Let's pray for them. I'm not going to get all political because that's not the place here. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. You know, be careful. The real Jesus confronted the Pharisees, okay? We don't let people off the hook. Justice happens. The real Jesus made a whip. The real Jesus caught a woman in adultery, and what did he do? Confronted the unjust judges. Love really does win. Joseph's brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He allowed him to go through that. Justice. It's a funny word. We always think... We need justice. And usually what we mean is the Roman mindset of payback. You need to pay for your crime. Well, I have learned over the years that there is a Hebrew mindset that we would do well to learn in our Western culture. And that is to see justice as the Hebrews did. It was not a payback system. It was a putback system. It was a reconciled system system, to put back to its best, to put back to its origin. <laughs> that is justice, not this payback stuff that we talk about. How do we dance through all that? I'm not sure yet, but it doesn't quite mean what we think it means. Don't associate our, our Western legal justice system uh, with the biblical justice. They are not the same thing. We need to be careful when it comes to confronting. Wisdom must be exercised. First, wisdom for those who avoid confrontation and wisdom to those who rush into it easily. Two sides. Sometimes uh, um, some folks don't want to cause a fight. Oh, I'm just a peaceful person. No, 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 I'm not like that. I'll, you know, I'm not con confrontive. Uh, well, you might be passively, but you won't admit it. But you may need to stand up and confront there's a time. And there are those who have no problem confronting. And to those, I say, stop in your tracks. Listen for the Spirit of God to give you permission before your mouth gets you into trouble. We do not need to be the rules police and confront people. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts. 
convinces, not us. Don't play the role of Holy Spirit. God may want you to confront by praying for them. Did you hear that? You want to do a biblical confrontation? Pray for them and allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct. There is a price to pay. Offenders need to pay. Counseling, restitution, and so on. Yes. Number 17. Forgiveness is not pardoning what they did. Pardoning. The legal term about releasing the offender from the consequences from what they did. Legal consequences may well be in order. Society needs to be protected. True forgiveness will empower you to pursue legal requirements. To release an offender from the legal consequences of an offense or conviction and often implicitly from blame. He was pardoned for his treason, exonerated, acquitted, amnesty. Uh, It's used to indicate that the actions or thoughts of someone are justified or understandable given the circumstances. One can be pardoned the, the suspicion that some of his errors were deliberate. A pardon is a government decision to allow a person to be absolved of guilt for an alleged crime or other legal offense as if the act never occurred. The pardon may be granted before or after conviction of crime, depending on the laws of jurisdiction. That's just a, a definition. But it's, to pardon does not mean the same thing as forgiveness. Forgiveness is uh, on its own. It's an act between you and, you and your Heavenly Father. Next week, when we come back, we're going to deal with the biggest topic of what forgiveness is not. This is it. And I'll I'll tell you the title right now. It's number 18. Forgiveness is not restoration. It does not mean you are automatically required to have a relationship with that person again or hang out and pretend everything's lovey-dovey okay. I will fully explain that next week and probably it'll probably take two weeks for this one because it's so intense and so deep. This idea, this false idea that once you have forgiven, you're automatically called to restore the person. That is not biblical. It's been preached, it's churched, but not the biblical way. So join me next week as we uncover the greatest, in my opinion, topic of what forgiveness is not. It is not restoration. I look forward to sharing with you again next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Family run family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener, and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker. Join me next Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. You can also watch these messages on YouTube or download our podcast at growingingrace.ca. Do you live locally? Visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca 
and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning into Still Growing in Grace.